mindful of your thoughts, Anakin, they're betrayed. Welcome to another Pure Fandom Podcast. This is episode, I think, six of our Star Wars Theory Series. We are broadcasting from DK New Media Podcast Studio in downtown Indianapolis at the Speakeasy. Thanks to them for letting us use their podcast, or use their podcast studio for our super professional, really professional podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Patrick Pohop. Hey, happy to be here. Woohoo! And then, of course, our... Guest co-host for the third time, my other brother, Jack Pohop. Yes, thank you for having me. Duh. We are so excited. Yes. Okay, so last night we saw Rogue One Save the Rebellion. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, thank you for doing that. Spoiler alert because this is full of spoilers. This is a spoiler-filled review and our thoughts on the film. Uh, Before we get started... I just want quickly go around and give your your rating, A to F. Pat, I'm gonna give it an A minus. Nice. Yeah, I think I'll be on the A minus spectrum as well. I'm A minus too because only because we built this movie up so motherfucking high in our heads <laughs> <laughs> that like there had to be some level of disappointment, um, especially. Because I cosplayed as Darth Maul and did my Darth Maul makeup, uh, which looked bad. Yeah, you were you looked so authentic, like better than the actual movie. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Side note and quick tip: make sure you put the prosthetics on before the makeup. <laughs> Otherwise, the horns <laughs> won't stick to your forehead, which was my problem. Yeah. Duly noted. I know, but it was but, like ten o'clock at that point, and I was like, screw it. The face paint looked pretty legitimate, though. Yeah, thank you so much. And my husband dressed up as Qui-Gon Jinn. He bought a Tarzan wig (laughs) off Amazon. Didn't that look awesome? Yeah, he looked pretty legit. Dude, that was a bedsheet that he just rigged. Like, he looked, I think he looked better than I did. Like, he looked awesome. No one looks better than you, Liz. (laughs) Thanks. It was was a pretty sexy Qui-Gon, too. Oh, you're telling me. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you started it. Okay, so uh, check out our Instagram, at pure underscore fandom. We'll post those photos later. I also did a video to Duel of the Fates, the Darth Maul song, <laughs> which is pretty pathetic. But um, if you ever feel really bad about yourself, just watch that video and you'll feel better. Okay, so I was trying to think about how we break down the movie. I think let's first just start with, in general, why do you guys think this movie was so good, and how is it different from other Star Wars movies? Well, you first, like, you definitely got the vibe of it. Because, like, when they showed, like, the Lucasfilm, like, LTD mm-hmm. in the beginning, they always have, like, that background music. They didn't play any of that. And then it had the long time ago in the galaxy. And then they didn't do the whole, like, story with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole orchestra. The crawl. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, this da, isn't, da, da, like, da. an actual episode. This is just, like... It, it's a side story, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a huge side story. So I kind of got that vibe from the get-go, like, okay, this is going to be a little bit different, you know? Definitely. What yeah. about you? Yeah, I feel similarly. Um, we talked about it earlier today, too. Like, it obviously isn't uh, an actual Skywalker episode or anything, but it also goes more into, like, the actual war of Star Wars, where you're like, the movie franchise is Star Wars, and this is probably the first movie where you actually see, like, straight-up war. Yeah, and I think that's why it was such – Anthony Bresneckian, which you guys know, I have – he's my writer crush. He's the Marvel and Star Wars writer. 
staff writer for Entertainment Weekly, and he wrote an article this morning, and it was how should your kids see Rogue One? And he was saying, you know, that they definitely should, but there were such darker tones. Like episode seven was the darkest Star Wars movie to date, and then this one just took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like that, the Darth Vader scenes were brilliant and then the ending scene where um which is crazy because it so the movie obviously it lines right up to a new hope like a new hope starts like 10 minutes after the movie ends yeah and the scene where they just get the plans and they're trying to get it over to leia and leave you know leave it off that ship (laughs) to go to leia's ship I was, like, having heart palpitations. I mean, it was brutal. Yeah. It's tight, though, because they're all, like, waiting for him to come in. And in A New Hope at the beginning, you get, like, a a lighter sense of that where they're, like, waiting in the tunnel and they're all, like, crouched down with their crosshairs on the door waiting for Vader to come in. But in this one, literally all you hear is, like, the hatch and him, like, docking up to the side. And then you hear his breathing before he comes in. And then all all of a sudden he comes in and all these guys are, like, and it's, like, and yes. Then, and then he just fucking wastes people. He which, yeah. murdered people. Like yeah. when he was, how that one guy was like, help us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he stabbed him. Like, I mean, it was. It's cool how they built up like the plans were just on one little floppy disk. And then oh he's my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> and he like sticks it through the door. And then he's like, does the Wilhelm like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> like it was, I, I freaking loved it. I kept trying to, which is horrible. I was like, someone had to have like put this shit on YouTube. Like I tried to find like a pirated version of the scene just yeah. because I wanted to watch it again. Right. Mm-hmm. It was pretty intense. I yeah. mean, we, we talked about it, I think last night maybe where it was like, for any of you who played Star Wars Battlefront, it was like watching Star Wars Battlefront, the video game. Yeah. And, like even when like Darth Vader is in like one of the levels you play, he's that gruesome. Like he just wastes people, and he's just like, like, and I'm I'm literally terrified trying to shoot him. He comes up and just force chokes you, and then stabs you, like in the video. I game. I didn't know he does that in the video game. Yeah, yeah. and he, he like wastes people just like the way he did uh, in the in the movie at the end. It was pretty intense. It was badass though because like you see the full extent of like his force, where he's literally like at the same time as he throws someone against the ceiling. Oh my gosh! And then yeah. like whoever's the sound effects mix on these movies is just like they just make it though because it's like yes i can and i think that i'm i love that these movies and tv shows too like you know shows like game of thrones always do their behind the scenes of how they made Mm -hmm. the like the battle of the bastards scene i loved watching the behind the scenes of that because it makes you appreciate the movie more and how they like how one little sound makes a difference like the um just the sound of the lightsaber or in force awakens the tone reminded me of how in Force, when in Force Awakens, you first see the uh, sh- Kylo Ren's ship with the stormtroopers in the very beginning as yeah. they're going to go get the plans. He's they're just like showing the s- stormtroopers, and they have that creepy music and like the lights going in and out, shadows over their faces. Yeah. And they're just like, mm-hmm. this is freaking scary. That's how I felt last night. Yeah. And yeah. the lightsaber sound was different too with Vader in mm-hmm. this one than it was in Force Awakens. Well, oh, it was. I don't think yeah. I noticed that. It was, well, his his lightsaber though, kind of like it actually sounded like it did in the original trilogy, which I thought was cool. It kind of just like eases. Out. It's not like a big sound. It just kind of like just goes. I noticed that too. Do you think? Oh, they, okay. From like an art direction standpoint, do you think they explain away their different uh, like sound effects choices by like eratizing them as far as like. In this era, lightsabers sounded like this, and then they actually 
physically sound different in Force Awakens because it's a different like technology. Probably I because mean, they made like a conscious decision to make it sound like it did in A New Hope. I feel like they did. I think they did. And he even held the lightsaber the same way he did in the original trilogy when he lit it up. Mm-hmm. It was yes. just like how it's tilted. Like they 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 pay attention to like every detail of the original trilogy. Yeah. Like you said with like the the pilots having mustaches too and stuff. Yeah, it was very like a New Hope feel. Oh, like, even mm-hmm. the senator. On the rebel base, how she she looked so seventies, right? Or like yeah. early eighties, late seventies. Yeah, which is awesome. I mm-hmm. love how much attention to detail they played. Uh huh. It's cool how they're like that's part of the universe now because that's just the way people in this universe. Because even in Rebels, they have that to an extent where they're like yeah. they ju- people just look like that in this universe because it was built in that era. Yes, but which is rad. Yeah, it actually mm-hmm. I feel like it adds to the sci-fi a little bit more because you're just like. It's it's a little more whimsy, I guess, even just for us from like a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, and I think that a lot of the most like the most iconic sci-fi films, you know, when sci-fi in film started getting huge, was in you know their Star Trek in the '60s, mm-hmm. and then it leads into the Star Wars in the late '70s, early '80s, and people. One of the reasons I love sci-fi so much is because of the nostalgic feels for sure I get from it, and so they they really nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, speaking of recurring, and stop me if this is later, but the mm-hmm. uh, some of the red leaders and the gold leaders were actually CGI versions of the actors that played them in the original movies. But the cuts are so quick that I didn't realize that that's CGI as well. So was it CGI? Because I want to talk about another key. We'll get to the big CGI character that they did mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Was that because in the theater when they started showing, yeah, like, Gold team, greed, or gold, what do they call it? Uh, like gold leader. Gold red leader, leader yeah. red leader, blue leader. People in the theater were like, oh. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, because we just watched A New Hope the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, and is that them? They're minor characters. Like, they're not even, that's how much attention to Pat's point. that Yeah. It, like, these are people that were in the original series, and no one's like, remember gold leader? Like, the people. <laughs> right? <laughs> he was, was so he, rad. I think he, one of those guys was Rogue 2. Yeah. Because um, remember in Empire when they go and pick up uh, when Han and Luke are stuck out there after Han went out to save Luke. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And he's like, blue. He's like, this is Rogue 2, Rogue 2. Yeah. yeah. I think I found him. Yeah, I think yeah. I found him. Yeah. 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 That's true. Maybe it was a tribute to, you know. That's crazy. It is because it like sounds the- like, you know, when um, the pilot – which, what was the pilot's name again? See, this is horrible that they all died. Again, we said this was spoiler alert. Um, Bodai Rook, played by Riz Ahmed, had said, um, uh, we're rogue, rogue one. And they're like, there's no ship by that name. Yeah. So it had to have been, an, yeah. uh, you know, they had they had mm-hmm. to make, like when they were looking at making rogue one, they were probably like, oh, that'll tie to Empire mm-hmm. as like, a, they're doing it in honor of And it, Yeah, it's like a tribute because they, at the end of that, they're like this legendary team that went in there and like inspired the rebellion to like research. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is well, cool. when that moment happened too, when he did like when he found out what Rogue One was. At that moment, I was like, okay, Maul isn't gonna be in this. I know. I know. <laughs> Probably not Kenobi either. I, I know. Like, but you uh, know what? I think. And then I want to talk about the CGI character, but I really love that you brought that up because what this movie was. Well, first of all, it was just an overall kick-ass movie. Yeah. It was dark. It was deep. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, really showing what war is like. For sure. I mean, it was sad. 
But, I mean, at least we know what happens afterwards. Otherwise, it would have been like, that was really, really freaking sad. Yeah. <laughs> but it also showed that, hey, these Star Wars stories, these spinoffs, they work. They can be legit. They and can be legit. They reinforce, if not make the original story more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because um, the fact that Jyn so engineered, like, basically a trap door in the back of, like, the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galen or so. Galen, yeah, yeah, my bad. That's that's pretty badass. I mean, that's, that's a awesome. good like explanation for why it's because everyone's always like, that's an obvious flaw, and it's it makes way more sense if not just like really clever to do it that way. Oh, it makes. I was so glad they talked about like what were we saying last night? They hired like some like boss ass Star Wars fan fiction <laughs> dude. It was yes. like figure this out. It's a great story. Well, I think yeah. the guy's name is. Uh, I was trying to think of it yesterday, but it's. Uh, some guy named like Gary Witta, I think his name is, but he okay. writes a bunch of stuff and did like a bunch of video games, including like some Walking Dead video games and stuff. But I think he helped on it, and he's like a big. I'll, I'll have to double check if listeners, if I'm wrong, just like feel free to troll me. But <laughs> troll me in the comments. I'm pretty sure that he did some work on it because I thought I saw his name in the film. Well, if that's but. true, then hopefully they've been listening to our podcast and they call us. To write, uh, I think we should also note that um, we do screenwrite, and we're happy to write the Darth Maul spinoff. Um, <laughs> well, actually, so. <laughs> back to your guys' point too. Just a quick note about yeah. like the spinoffs working. It, I, I mean, I just had a thought where it's like all the, um, at least in my opinion, really good Star Wars video games were all these spinoff stories. Yeah, like Bounty Hunter. Our favorite. Yeah. I mean, the story's uh, good. But, you know, Battlefront, um, Forced Unleashed, those are, like, really good Star Wars games that are side stories of the universe. Right. Yes. And it's, like, the the games that were, like, you know, Episode 1, 2, or 3. Episode 3 was actually pretty legit. But Episode 1 and 2, and then they even made some of the games for Nintendo. Some of the episodes. I forgot about that. Those, to me, weren't very fun games. No. You know, but the spinoff stories were the coolest. For sure. You know, so. Well, you can explore more, Mm -hmm. I think, with those. You're a little bit restricted if you just make a game based off of one film. Yeah. Especially if the the film is Episode 1 or Episode Mm 2. Those games are horrible. Episode 3 was legit, though. Yeah. For PS2. It was good. Hey, Episode 3, we watched it the other day, and it's... (laughs) Like no comment. Horrible. It has its horrible <laughs> points, but the story of how like Mace Windu figures it out, and then they do. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we we'll just do a whole podcast <laughs> on that. What? Uh, back to CGI really quick. So what was badass was that General Tarkin, played by Peter Cushing in the original films mm-hmm. or film, right? Was he just in A New Hope? No, he was. In he was in no, all three. He was in all three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they CGI'd him. Which, and the CGI was so good. Mind you, I didn't drink before this. So this is sober Liz thinking this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, Wait You didn't a take a fireball shot? Yeah. No. Our dad made us take all take fireball shots, but only like two of us took it. Uh, including your friend who passed out the entire movie. Well, <laughs> that was, he was snoring next to me the yeah, whole I know. time. I actually almost wanted to yell, because partly because he was interested, but I'm like, Anthony, this is kind of a big deal. I don't want to hear you snoring. I know. Like, really, dude? I mean, I yeah. love Anthony. He's yeah. probably one of my favorites of your friends. He's awesome. But he was on my shit list for that. Yeah, his stock went down a little bit. It did. Yeah. But then he Marty followed and I, me. Marty and I called him out on him when we went back. We're like, dude, <laughs> like I don't want to hear you snoring during a Star Wars movie. He's like, funny, though. He sounds like he's shameless, though. He's like, so? I'll start. He doesn't yeah. care. But. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit, which is why I still love him. Um, but I thought, oh, wow. I was like, okay, so 
is he does he look the same 36 years later or what's going on how does this guy not age and then i was like oh obviously okay that's cgi <laughs> he drinks a lot of pomegranate juice oh know, takes care okay. of his body a lot of like <laughs> toner moisturizer sallow cigarette looking face yeah he literally looks <laughs> like he's years. like he's literally wasting away <laughs> his bone structure so like I dude mean, his cheeks are it's beautiful for a villain he is yeah. oh yes. villainous yeah. af <laughs> he didn't really fool me he looked weird when he came on screen but i was ashamed because at the end i was like who'd they get to do that leia impersonation and liz's <laughs> husband eric was like that's that's the cgi I was like, Fuck. see i thought the opposite when really? i saw leia i well i think it's just because which they did a good job, but if you watch the original movies, and you were saying this the other night, they use so much freaking lighting on those sound sets yeah. that she's like glowing the whole time. Yeah. Especially in A New Hope. Yeah, she looked like the perfect version of Carrie Fisher in the first one. Can we just say, though, that Carrie Fisher, like now, is a straight up boss? She is. She was awesome in Force Awakens. I mean, she sounded like a, a raspy mom a little bit oh but, come on but hey you, you know, know what it's 36 years later she looked great and she's been it's in war true. yeah she's it been is, at war for, that is true yeah it works for the put, role i think yeah for sure it does it comes with the territory it yeah. does all that stress of her leading the rebellion i'm she'll, sorry she, I was, I do you think she'll be well that's another time i'm gonna hold off okay we'll hold off let's talk about um the other awesome cameos they had uh leia's stepdad which yeah. was great because we had someone from the prequels in there. Heck yeah. Which I know you appreciated. <laughs> Is that the same actor? Patrick. Same actor. That was Sen- the same actor. Senator uh, Organa. That's cool. And he, I thought he was awesome in the prequels. Yeah. Just a stand-up dude. One he of the was very great. few politicians that wasn't corrupt. Him and uh, Padme. The worst part, yes. though, is when he yes. zooms around in that, like, fucking mustang with no wheels i thought that was badass <laughs> i thought that was badass when he comes to the jedi council and then they're like you just leave and then that in revenge of the sith and then that sick ass like 15 year old dude fights off the stormtroopers yeah and organa mm-hmm. thinks he's valet for a second he's mm-hmm. like here's the keys and actually, then they waste him and actually organa to, to me at least this is like the only thing i'll say about the prequels but like he was the one in that in episode three where he told Yoda and Kenobi, "Hey, meet us at this station. The Jedi Temple has been compromised." Yeah, like he was the one who found out about it. Yeah, that's, a that's pretty right. Big, it's he, a pretty big yes, deal. Yes, which is why you it's know? cool that he uh, basically takes the political. St- like he's he's a politician, but he like all the only people involved in the rebellion at that point are like Jedi's. So I feel like he, as a politician like rallies for the rebellion and he has like a big say which i think is cool to show because it's like we were saying earlier it makes it a lot more about war because there were senators that were really like close with the jedi still like how that one senator that we were talking about earlier she says to him do you your jedi friend yeah you know you have to and i think Jack, I know you had a, a different interpretation of this, but my interpretation... I was wrong, for sure. You think? Okay. <laughs> well, when she said, you know, your Jedi friend, can you get him to help, blah, 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 blah. You're going to need someone you trust. And he said, I'd trust her with my life. Mm-hmm. I took that as meaning Leia. I almost thought for... Cause yeah, what, he did say her. Like, what did what did he mean by that? I thought... Was it Leia? I thought... Because Liz thought, thought so. it was Leia, and she's probably right. And maybe it was just like, A, you're all Star Wars fans watching this, so if you can't insinuate what that means like just go back and watch the movies but for right. a second i was like dude maybe it's ashoka ahsoka ahsoka yeah. yeah dude if they ahsoka is such an awesome character and i think that like my only 
qualm with Leia's character in Star Wars is that I guess she was more badass from like a political sense, but she's force sensitive. And the fact that she never wielded a lightsaber was like, come on. But if Ahsoka comes in yeah. as Anakin's, you know, vengeful apprentice, I mm-hmm. mean, well, it'd be interesting. It'd be because it's like, it kind of makes sense, at least to me now, like, because we realized at the end of the movie how literally it was, like you said, was like 10 minutes before A New Hope the Jedi are pretty much, like, extinct. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, if it was, like, relatively the recently after Revenge of the Sith, then it's like there's a better chance that, like, an Ahsoka or some other rogue Jedi that was, that they missed. El- eluded Order 66 that could come into play. But at that point, it's like, it's really just... They're all gone. As far as you know. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just Kenobi right. and Yoda. Right. You know? right. So. so to talk more about the characters in Rogue One, let's talk about K2SO... Um, voiced by Alan Tudyk, who is, I don't think anyone else could have done the voice for him. I mm-hmm. freaking love Alan Tudyk. And I, what baffles me and amazes me every, every time they come out with a new like reboot of a Star Wars movie, that they give these droids such distinct personalities, yeah. which has to be so hard mm-hmm. when you're doing a droid. I loved his character. Yeah. Yeah, 3PO's got to watch out. I, I mean, know. Because 3PO sometimes will get annoying, uh-huh. but uh, K2SO did not really. No, he was, he was He was hilarious. pretty funny. And he was, and it was cool too, like how like right before he died, I mean, he he sealed the vault. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if he didn't do that, you know. Um, yeah. I think it was cool that they had the, a 3PO callback though, because he says something where like, we're, uh, he said something like, this is going to get dangerous or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Now they're going here. They never tell us anything. Yeah, but he, like, the uh, K2SO says something when they're flying, and then oh. they cut him off, and they're like, shut up. And they, oh. like, kind of allude to how, like, annoying C-3PO is. Oh, yeah. But Well, it's cool, because are you talking about when he says, I have a bad feeling about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's the line that Han says Oh. in the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. And then it, this isn't as well received, but... And then in episode two, Anakin says it because they always like plan it. Yeah, because Anakin says it in the arena on Geonosis. That's right, he and does. And then and then uh, that robot was about to say it, and they're like, "Oh, stop it!" You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> oh, that's I hilarious. Did. Like they, they do those little you know seeds in there. It's, mm-hmm. it's I didn't even cool. catch that. That's awesome. Yeah. See, this is why these podcasts are so amazing. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about Saw Gerrera in a minute because I know you guys have some thoughts on him. So just let's just give it a second. Let's talk about Baze Malbus and Chirut Imwe. I think I'm pronouncing those correctly. Played by Donnie Yen and Jian Wen. Was that not the coolest duo ever? They yeah. were like besties. Oh, those deaths were like... Ugh. Super likable characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think I what mean. was really cool about Chirut's character was that it showed how we've only seen the Force... The loyalty from loyalty to the force to those who are force sensitive or like religious or pious or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, this was showing someone that's a civilian and he wasn't necessarily force sensitive, but it shows how this religion, like people truly felt one with the force. And it was the first time for me that I really saw the force as like a faith versus a destiny, which I thought was super badass. Well, it was cool too because it's like. I mean, if you remember in New Hope, where uh, Obi Wan is training Luke a little bit, a Millennium Falcon, and he takes away his sight, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Just trust the Force." Yes. Um, 
And then what's that guy's name again? Um, Chirrut Imway. Chirrut Imway. Because he, he's like, he's blind. So it's like he doesn't have any choice yeah. but to like rely on his instincts and his um, reaction time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like the way he embraced it. Like he, if he got trained by a Jedi, he definitely probably could have been. Well, did you and get this? Yes. legit. Did you guys get the sense that there were like tears though? Like that uh, he wasn't, he wanted to be a Jedi, but he for some reason wasn't accepted or something like that? Because Maybe. they were saying his friend with the machine gun, the guy who's like his his bestie or whatever. Base Malbus. Yeah, he was saying, um, they said something where like, is he a Jedi? And they're like, oh, he w-, he goes, oh, he wishes. Like, you know, he wished he could have been. And it's either maybe they down, their downfall happened and he just couldn't complete the training or couldn't. But they were originally guarders or guardians of that temple. With so, the kyber crystals. Like, I sort of got the intonation or, like, my theory is that in the heyday of the Jedi, when they weren't as selective or they were more or they could afford to be more selective, there were people who were force sensitive, but they were like, look, you can't be a Jedi, but you can guard this temple and still be involved. Obviously, that's like a simplified, like, right version of it. But it was kind of cool to see that where they were like, you are like these these religious people who are still you know warriors without being jedi i guess that's interesting no that definitely i think Mm -hmm. that could have happened Mm -hmm. especially with how they portrayed the jedi council in the prequels which are canon Mm -hmm. i mean they did say that i mean they did come across as one of their biggest downfalls was that they were blinded by their beliefs almost because yoda at one point i mean they they you see how harsh they are and like the quote-unquote acceptance when uh, Anakin's like eight and they're like he's too old so yeah. you wonder how many people like that mm. who were like maybe the blind guy was like 14 and they're like you know no but I forgot about that I mean meanwhile Luke is like 25 you <laughs> well, know they and have he's no like, choice though because he's like yeah the, a new point. it was cool though how they were saying like like hope was a big like uh uh theme Yes. And then it's A New Hope is literally the next one. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Not I love it. Perfect. Yeah. And it was the last word of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was ugh, so badass. I love this. What did you guys think of, um, let's talk about Captain Cassie and Andor. I mean, you guys know how I feel about Poe Dameron. <laughs> you know my feelings. All right. Oscar Isaac is Poe Dameron to me. But Captain Cassian, man, he's he- bae. I mean, he he's totally like you know an unsung hero for sure. Yes. I mean, it was just it was cool how they showed like how he was conflicted because it's like he's been like whatever the rebellion asked he did it no questions asked you know whether he agreed with it or not and then he finally had that like moment of humility where he could have killed Galen Urso mm-hmm. and then realized you know well maybe Jin is right and we should try to keep him alive and then of course the um, alliance actually kills him. which is the worst but um yeah he was just he was really cool like he was he was a leader Mm -hmm. but he he obviously was conflicted he had a cool story arc for sure because they like it's cool to see that the rebellion like isn't always or wasn't always like we're for truth and justice like they're at one point they're almost just as bad as the empire to themselves not as destructive to the galaxy but from within they're like we don't really have a mission. It's just like, we know what we don't like. And they're kind of unorganized, especially with that one captain who's just like, he just sends a squadron into like, just to kill Galen Urso at the cost of whoever it costs. Yeah. And 
Well, it's like, how far do you have to go to beat something that evil? Mm -hmm. Like, how far against your morals do you have to go in order to survive, essentially? We Mm -hmm. talk about this a lot in our Walking Dead podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like a similar theme. Like, how bad do you have to get? And Diego Luna, who plays Captain Cassian, told Entertainment Weekly about his character. He conveys a fair amount of experience and the reality of what it's like to do this every day. Yeah. To try to figure out how to resist the Empire effectively and intelligently. It's not easy. Right. And it's not. I mean, they showed how he killed that informant. Like, at the beginning no, of the no, movie. Hes- no hesitation. Either. In cold blood. Right? Yeah. yeah. He was ruthless. Which I think mm-hmm. towards the end, he. Because Jin from the outside looking in sees this rebellion and she's like, there are parts of the rebellion that I see in the Empire and vice versa. And she sort of calls that out in that meeting. And I think the beginning of the true rebellion that you see, the Rebel Alliance, because mm-hmm. they're not even the Rebel Alliance. She's like, are you the Rebels or the Alliance or whatever you guys are calling yourselves, she even says. Right. I feel like the the true form of that you don't see until the end of the movie. And for the first time, you don't see it until there's 20 people on Rogue One, the mm-hmm. ship. And that's like when you see people that are like, this is what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they finally believe in doing something, and they knew they were all gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like they were probably, probably not gonna leave. Well, it was like but, it was like uh, you know the three hundred in Sparta. Yeah, you know they knew they were gonna die, but it was for the greater cause. And the cool you know? part of that too was that these people they alluded to them being like like some of them might have been in the Empire before, and some of them they're saying like you know I've done terrible things. They've probably murdered people, done worse things than you see mm-hmm. uh, Cassian do. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to see them be like, let's redeem ourselves for the sake of hope or whatever. Yeah. So totally. It definitely had like that um, classic. I don't uh, like a Roman Greek mythology, like mm-hmm. warrior, like they were warriors. Yeah. You know, it was badass. Yeah. It was, oh, it was so cool. Um, it actually reminded me of, and this is like totally going to ruin like the beautiful things we've been talking about <laughs> of the Beastie Boys sabotage trailer that came out. Oh, that was sick. That was badass Cause it was like, yeah, like they're all badasses. They've all mm. done horrible things, but at their core, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're good people. Yeah. On you know? like the reality of war too, that we were talking about earlier, where that's the first time you see like, this is what war is in star Wars universe. I thought it was cool how when they're on uh Scarif, and they're taking orders from one another. And he's like, it's the master control switch. I feel like in all the other Star Wars, they're like, oh, the master control switch. I'll just go three clicks left and find <laughs> it. And the one guy's like, what the fuck am I looking for? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, it, it I cool love that. They were like, I don't know what any of this shit looks like. Like, we're literally just 20 guys on this planet we've never seen before. And they explain that really well, mm-hmm. I think. That's a really good point. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. on this planet we've never seen or been to before. Mm-hmm. I'm not an engineer. Yeah. Um, I'm in, you know, a foot soldier or a pilot. Like, well, I don't even think they were pilots because they. Were they just in said that, that cargo one. Ship. They just said that one. I can't remember his name, but the defector was the um, only pilot. They got the Empire. Uh, Bodai Rook. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which, uh, side note, I love the diversity they had in. The casting, you know, Diego mm-hmm. Luna is Hispanic, and then they had African Americans. They had, you know, a bunch of different Asian characters. I thought that was and a female cool. lead. And a female lead, hell yeah! Did you guys <laughs> notice when they were in the the town of the first, the first victim planet of the Death Star, Jeddah, Jeddah, Jeddah there was a alien. That, that bumped into Jin. That's yes. in the bar in A New Hope. Yes. Yeah. 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 I. For a second, I was like, oh, that's probably just uh, 
like a same race or whatever. But then I was looking on like post movie right. shit, and I was like, "Wow, okay." Well, mm-hmm. he got off there right in time. Yeah, I was like, "How did he get off <laughs> right? the planet?" That guy's a scumbag. Yeah. I know. Um, well, I thought it was cool too how like when they destroyed Jetta and Scarf, it seemed like at least to me, um, in the original. Uh, trilogy when they use a Death Star when they blew up a planet like Alderaan it's like instant it was instant and then this was like a process because it was still like they were still like tweaking a few things right yeah the Death Star it was a lot slower it was still like catastrophic and it, it did the job it yeah. made it scarier so yeah Be- I mean the way that at the end when Jin and Cassian are holding each other mm-hmm. you're like fuck man yeah like they know what's about to happen yeah I mean it's a harsh reality Oh, hopefully Force Ghosts were just like, all right, you guys can hang out with us. Hopefully Qui-Gon was like, dude, it's way better here. <laughs> like, we got pretty coffee. It's so nice. Um, so things we didn't like or maybe... Can I put a little splash of midichlorian in your latte? Oh, God, oh my no. God. Don't say the M word. I think um, one thing that... The one thing I thought was really overhyped was Forrest Whitaker's character, Saul Guerrero. Let's let Jack take this away. Yeah, Jack, just <laughs> unleash. Uh, I don't know. I just thought he was cheese. He wasn't. <laughs> he didn't have enough screen time for you to feel bad about him dying or to feel like necessarily like uh, parental guardianship over Jin in the end or in that scene. Not in the end, but in the scene where she's like, he's like, did you come here to betray me or just to see me? And it's like the. I, I don't care if she's here to see you or not. Like, wh- why are we here to see you? <laughs> we need that flash drive. I think we need have. a we need a side story of his background. Uh. Yeah, like we need, or at least a video game. Like, give me something. Also, he's like apparently just been like chain smoking ciggies and needs that emphysema thing. Yeah, yeah he was almost as bad as as Darth Vader. Yeah, like he was. It sounded like him. He was in rough shape. But it yeah. was, I mean, realistically, like all joking aside, it was cool to see that like. In addition to the rebellion, there's like almost terrorists on Jeddah. Um, yeah. And they're like, especially that scene. Well, we'll just keep talking about Forrest Whitaker's character. No, go ahead. But I was going to say that scene where uh, the alliance is almost against the extremists, and there's a guy about to throw a nade into like a crowd of civilians, and mm-hmm. Captain Kazian shoots him, mm-hmm. and the guy falls down, and that makes them distrustful of Kazian's group. Yeah. Um, but. That was where the movie, I think, turned less than PG is because when they throw that nade, there's like a, you can see a stormtrooper's like limb get blown off. Did you guys catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty gruesome. It was yeah. brutal. But what did you guys think about Forrest Whitaker's character? Um, I just, I agree with everything you say. I wish we had more screen time if we were going to rely on him. I just thought he was like overdoing I don't, yeah. What'd it was you, like what's overhyped a little like, bit. What is well, yeah, when he was like, save the rebellion, save the dream. Just the way he said, I don't know. Like, yeah. Save the rebellion. Yeah. Save the dream. It was his, like. His character made sense, and the way they connected him to Jin, like how like Jin was brought into the plot. I did like love that, that. That made sense. But overall, his character, I did not particularly care well, for. Well, in the trailer, yeah. they make it seem like he's her number one gunner. He He definitely, in the trailer, you think he's like, a big part of the movie and then right. he's that's pretty much the trailer is almost like his whole screen time yes <laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> which is fine like i'm glad he didn't get much more yeah force i hope you're listening which i love force whitaker <laughs> yeah he's but a great it, actor but it was just but. like he sounded like a strained dumbledore uh <laughs> sorcerer stone dumbledore yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit you know it was just like okay all right, well, we have just a couple minutes left, so I'd l- I just want to talk about Vader again really quick. 
um, when Vader walks, in, when they show his him in his chamber, mm-hmm. like that's how he like relaxes or whatever. Like, what do you guys think of all that? I thought it was awesome. I mean, it showed that like, for one, it's like, well, for one, like Anakin, your life sucks. Yeah. Like, cause he probably has to be in that chamber to survive. Like yeah. he probably has to, when he's not in the suit, he's in there just like sustaining, sustaining what little life he has left yeah. in his body. I didn't even think about know? that. Like if you're not in your mm-hmm. suit. Well, our dad was talking about it and his theory was that the suit is so physically uncomfortable for Anakin, maybe that he had, he just to like not go fucking insane. He maybe has to retreat to that chamber. Probably. I mean, can you imagine just being in that all day? Yeah. Like, that's just... I don't even like being in my winter coat in the winter. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason why he's... (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't look like his suit's North Face either, so... Did you see that? Like, I'd be interested to hear more about, um, like, A, in all the other movies, the only place you see Vader is in uh, Death Star, in in a Star Destroyer. And it's cool to see that he has, like, his own Sith temple in, like, hell. And then there's, like... uh, a fucking, you know, Grimer worm tongue looking ass Sith dude who's like his servant. And it's cool to see, like, I'd be interested to see more because we don't really know much about like the Sith culture at all. And yeah. it's, it's cool to see like their temple, these like servants of the Sith, mm-hmm. who this guy is definitely not Imperial. He's just wearing like no. a robe and he's like, you know, Vader's bitch. Seriously. Well, that that part him. was cool though. Because like in Rebels they, they allude or the you they actually go to a Sith temple. Really? And that was the first time where yes. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where Vader was was a Sith temple. That is so badass. I hope they legit. do explore that more. And yeah. with the Maul comics coming out, maybe they'll you know, talk about why he left the Sith and explore more about the Sith culture. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think uh, just like another character from Rogue One, uh, that what's that guy's name? Ben Matheson. Oh um, yeah, Mendelson. He. I feel like Maul, just like Mendelson's character in the end of Rogue One, found out that uh, once you become useless to the Empire or the Sith, they'll just dump your ass. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, who he played director Orson Krennic, mm-hmm. who was the guy that was. Don't let your. Em- or don't choke on your ambitions, director. Yeah. Which is what Darth said. I love yeah. how they, they made his like hand motions the same as yes. like in, in, like the cheesy like this. almost like theatrical like fist thing. That was pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. But I I thought it was cool. His character was cool, but it was cool to see that the reason you can assume that the reason the Death Star uh it's it fell so quickly under um Tarkin is because Tarkin not only didn't understand it because he didn't build it um, because he stole the credit from Orson, director Orson. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like the people that actually built the Death Star are no longer alive in A New Hope and it gives credence to their uh, vulnerability I feel like. Well that's the thing. Yeah because when Jin uh, was talking to, what was that guy's name in the movie? With the white cape who just died at the Director end. Orson. Director Orson. Orson Krennic. I mean, she was the one that said, like, hey, like, you know, my dad planted a trap. And, mm-hmm. like, he was, like, one of the, yeah, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had knowledge of that. So, like, when the plans go over, like, the Empire's thinking, okay, like, what do they know about the plans that we don't? Also, yeah, when exactly. at, the, at the end, when he sees the Death Star about to fire on the planet, you can basically see in his eyes, like, this wasn't fucking worth it. Like I was on the wrong side, kind of like yeah. a little spark of it. You think? 
Well, yeah, and then he just realized like I just got played, and because mm-hmm. when um, because Tarkin knows he's down there, and the whole movie, yeah. mm-hmm. he's at odds with Tarkin because mm-hmm. he wants credit, his due credit, right? Yeah, because as soon as he found out that uh, Orson was on Scarif, he was like, "Okay, let's go to Scarif mm-hmm. with the Death Star, right?" Like, hey guys, <laughs> let's, just, let's just mosey over there. Oof, let's just see what's know? going on. I heard yeah. there's some rumblings. I just felt yeah. a rumbling in the forest. Let's go check it out. <laughs> maybe, we should, maybe we should test out the. And he's the like kyber crystal beam, just for the hell of it. Right. Know? Man. I know Orson's on the planet, but let's just test it. You know? <laughs> let's just see. Don't worry. I'll text him before. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see in his eyes, like, blow that shit up. But I know. In it, his CGI And eyes. it's like, and your own uh, forces are on that planet. It's like how They don't care. It's like, it's awful. Yeah. That's how far yeah. they go. And that's why it was so hard for the rebellion to, they um, they didn't. It was like they figured out how to defeat them, and it wasn't that they had to go as ruthless as the Empire goes with every initiative that they have or mm-hmm. every initiative that they take. They have to have more balls. Yeah. You know, it was like they're just like, we have to be willing to sacrifice, like, know that we're probably not going to make it, and that's how we're going to defeat them. Yeah. It was that, uh, which they're by the, you know, the, fucking see to their own pants they just do stuff it was cool to see like that hammerhead ship which i think makes an appearance in the older ones but not under the same name it's probably just in the periphery oh that shows up uh later it bashes into that death star that's engines are disabled and it just like fucking destroys and it literally just like he just makes them crash into each other. That's sick. That, that was, was awesome. I thought that whole sequence was badass. See, that was CGI done right. And that like, like frog, <laughs> yeah. that frog guy's like, yeah, he was, dude, he was awesome. I love how they brought more of the aliens into this movie because that was one thing I really loved too about the prequels was that they really explored the different races. And, you know, they did that in the beginning with Jin's cellmate. You know, they had that funky alien in there. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, I also want to call out someone on Instagram, at Indy McGrath. I said something on a comment on Eric, my husband's post. I said, yeah, Qui-Gon and Maul are the only good parts about the prequels, and Ewan McGregor, of course. And I, he said, to me, Dooku is always underappreciated, trained by Yoda, and Clone Wars were dope as shit, never lose sight, which... You tell me that all the time, Patrick, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> so I said, I agree, and Mace Windu, too, you know, had the Sith, and Anakin's bitch ass had to ruin it for everyone. But I just want, I just want to say, they're, I do appreciate the sequels. But my God, they're horrible films. I, I on, <laughs> on the notion, though, of the prequels related to Rogue One, uh, all the CGI and stuff is really cool, and obviously it's, like, leaps and bounds better than it was 15 years ago. But... I was wondering during the battle on Scarif, because I know when people saw episode two, they were probably like, Clone Wars are dope. Like, they're actually showing a Star Wars battle. I wonder how much of it will hold up when Rogue One is just as old as episode two. Because I was like, I was pretty excited to see, like, the battle last night. But I'm sure people were just excited to see that in episode two in 2005 or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but... Like we were saying before, early 2000 graphics. They're so bad. They're so bad. And yeah. think about old war films from like the 70s. Think yeah. about, you know, what they had to do with what they didn't have, which yeah. was CGI. And a lot of what we saw in Rogue One with the battle scene on Scarif was like old school movie effects. For you know, sure. Blowing shit up and yeah. all of that. So I, I think that it will. Hold up. 
Yes, because they didn't rely on CGI to tell the story for them. Yeah, I agree with that. Because they probably shot the... I mean, you see the behind the scenes of the prequels, and they're literally just on a green soundstage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're, we're running tight on time, but I really enjoy talking about this. I thought that movie was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. go see it if you haven't already. Yes. Actually, I hope you're... <laughs> <laughs> not listening to this yeah what the that. heck just comment <laughs> comment what you think because we, we brought up some really cool call outs um some of which i didn't even know so thanks for bringing those up guys mm-hmm. um and my my last question to sound off with would be if they're more than likely going to do another star wars story we know they're doing a han solo one but what would you like to see now that we know we, they can do a side story right which one would you like to see done um, I mean, I'd like to see a prequel to the prequels, like Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like where there was multiple Sith with, along with the multiple Jedi. Young Dooku. Yeah, maybe get a backstory of like Young Dooku, Sidious. Young Mace. You know, Young Mace Windu. Yoda's still like 500 years old, so right. it's, but it'd still be cool. You know, that would be, I mean, they could easily do that. That would be bad fucking ass. What yeah. do you think, Jack? I'm with that as well as uh, old, like, ancient ass republic where they're just like jedis constructing those temples and stuff or like the first jedi would be cool um, Ooh, or dang the there's a gamecube game it's called jedi academy with luke and it's luke's jedi academy i think it'd be cool to see what happens but although you'll probably see that in flashbacks i guess what happens with kylo ren and how luke i hope so did the academy because it I hope so. as we saw last night they can easily make luke fucking 30 years old again so right Benjamin Button, that shit. <laughs> Basically, it's Steve Rogers' ass. Okay. CGI. CGI. Thanks, Brad Pitt. Um, I would like to see, uh, dude, Obi Wan. Just give Ewan McGregor yeah. is the perfect age. Yeah. Let's do this. It'll happen. I mean, Disney's like obviously making these to make money, and if they don't make a solo Obi Wan movie, it just wouldn't make sense. What would they exactly. do? You think they would send him on missions and stuff during his interim on Tatooine? Could be. I mean, it's like... Or his training with Qui-Gon, like in the Nether Realm. You could easily do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, though, they they follow what the comics are doing because they already have a story base there in between episodes two and three. And then you could recast Anakin. Um, or just reuse Hayden again. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. Uh, you I could. Mean. Or I think there had to have been some sort of... Right after Order 66, I feel like there had to have been some missions that he went on after he safely delivered Luke to his relatives. So I, I feel like there could, that could warrant a story. Yeah. Also, that theory that exists between a certain Rebels character who may or may not be... This could be a topic for next week. Okay. She may or may not be the love child of Obi's Clone Wars exploits. Oh, yeah. there's That's a whole other... We definitely dedicate a podcast to that because there's a... There's Clone a love Wars line for Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Clone Which, Wars conquest. Oh, gross! He's like the spoils of war, man. Yeah. Solely Kenobi <laughs> film where he goes to alimony court. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! All right, now it's time to sound. I'll off. use my lightsaber as collateral. <laughs> oh, Jesus! I got a Cabra crystal <laughs> as my, part of my assets. <laughs> um, Anakin will save my life anyway, so that's why he's living really on matter. Tatooine in fucking shambles. Yeah, yeah, that's why, because he lost everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alimony settlement. <laughs> All right. Now it's just getting ridiculous. Okay, boys, Patrick, Jack, thank you so much for joining today. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's a blast. thank you. This is always a good time. You guys rock. Um, 
you guys can find us on purefandom.com. We have our Star Wars fandom section. We have a ton of like kick-ass news up there, so make sure you check it out. We also have a bunch of Christmas gifts for Star Wars fans and Marvel fans and Doctor Who fans, so make sure you check those out on our website. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pure underscore fandom. We're at Facebook on facebook.com slash fandom. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Until then. For some reason, I just fangs out comes to my mind, and I just can't. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know. Like a couple minutes before, I was like, "Crap, she's gonna ask me what," the, and I just I'm blanking. Capes out. Capes because out. we have a cape on the P. So for those of you that have it been listening sense. to Pure Phantom for a while, we used to be at TeamTSD.com, Team Teen Supernatural Dramas. Yes, we know how horrible that name was, and it was a <laughs> mouthful, which is why we changed it. But fangs out was such a good hashtag. It was. The Cape South's great too. It just for some reason it just hasn't like just stuck yet. Yeah. You know? It's not picking up. I mm. mean, if the hosts of our podcast aren't even getting it, like maybe we should change it. Maybe just the coffee just hasn't kicked in. But gotcha. I literally was like a couple minutes I was like crap. I knew it. Me. Same. I did that last time Liz asked me, I was like, you I'm did Jack. It too. <laughs> I know, I said until next uh, time. And Jack goes, I'm Jack. <laughs> Again, I'm not editing this out. It's wonderful. Damn. Okay, so you guys say it at the same time and I'll end. Until next time. Capes out. Hope is like a lighthouse keeper's beam Hope The master copier of our dreams For hope